You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, man? This is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, folks, we got a dope creative mind right here i mean here's a man that's after my heart of prank it's tech it's comics it's all of that goodness he's creating this dope universe that you guys must be aware of as nerds i'm telling you homie is bringing us the goodness and that greatness that we're gonna love he is a founder a president a visionary visionary top 100 crypto founder the one uh, the only, the mighty, the forward-thinking Jeff McCabe. Wepa, how you doing? <laughs> well, what is, I have never had an introduction like that. That was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> are, are you ready? You ready? You ready, kiddo? Let's get it done, bro. Because you are a visionary. You're getting it done. You're bringing comics to the realm of tech in a whole different way. And you know, I, I love comics. I love technology. I am a technophile. Tech, you know, I, I, I love this stuff. So, you know, thank you first for taking time out of your busy schedule as you're building this mighty universe to even chat with us today. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this, is a, this, is a, this is really exciting for me because I've been doing lots of podcasts, lots of interviews, but usually it's people that are inter- interested in NFTs, not people that, in, that are interested in comics and stories. And I don't really care about NFTs. To me, it's just a technolo- technology that allows us to tell stories and and build this universe in these characters. So I'm really excited to have somebody that actually cares about the stories and not just uh, speculating on NFTs like it's a casino. Yeah, yeah. I miss, you know what? I'm not a gambling man, and that's why. So I'm really going to be digging this because, again, you are building something dope. And here we go. Yusuf, thank you for tuning in, checking it out. He's giving you a shout-out, calling you the fireman. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, a little bit about yourself, Jeff, because this is Comic Crusaders podcast. You're going to get an origin story. So where are you OG from? Well, so I am, um, you know, I'm 54 years old. I'm from, I grew up in Seattle. I got into comic books early on with, you know, like a lot of kids did, reading Archie's, Betty and Veronica, Richie Rich. Was a, I love Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck was one of my favorites. And at some point, somebody gave me some X-Men comics. And this is in the 80s, and they were Chris Claremont X-Men, like the early ones that ended up getting made into the movies later. And they completely changed my life, like absolutely and totally changed my life because they were so beautifully well-written. And I remember at the time being really sad and talking to my friends about it. And, and we, would, we would lament about the fact that when we were adults, we would no longer be allowed to read comic books anymore. <laughs> and that's that's literally the word that we used aloud, like as if there was a law against it. Like comics were only for, for kids at that, t- that time. But the stories were so good and they're so profound. And what happened was that we really, our generation took comic books with us. You know, we took them into college. I went to college, people were still reading them. It's like, oh, well, I guess I can read these things for a few, for a few years more. And, but the stories just kept, going up the quality the the, the subject matter yeah and- i asked you jeff while you were growing up though you know and, and finding this 
this whole new world, did you have anyone in your life that was also a fan, a fanatic, whether they were friends or within the family, or were you a lone wolf and you geeked them? I was a lone wolf, although I had like a weird neighbor that had like a whole room <laughs> full of books, <laughs> and I would go to his house. <laughs> weird neighbor, fifty <laughs> year old kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he's, he had his house. And now you're the 50 year old kid. <laughs> exactly. But now it's no, now it's more normal. You know, all my friends yeah. you know, have comics and toys and stuff. It's more normal to be a nerd. But at that time, yes. being a nerd was like really nerdy. Like people didn't like you. <laughs> you there was oh, no, no. girls, no girls playing video games. There was no girls who read comics. There was no cosplay. None of this stuff. And the world changed. And it was my generation that really changed it. We took comic books and the stories and the characters with us, and it just never stopped. What I've seen happen, though, is that Marvel and DC especially have really changed the way they're doing things. They're, they're really alienating and, and annoying their fans, not paying attention to their fan base. And manga is kind of coming in to fill the void, telling stories in different ways. And it's there's never been an opportunity like now because for decades, there's like a stranglehold on the comic book world by Marvel. DC, you had to choose Marvel or DC, and that's all you had, right? Image no came whatnot. But it's been very, very hard for anybody to break in. And the reason one of the reasons is is because all the money is not made in comics, it's made in all the merchandise, in the movies, in the Netflix shows. There's a couple of comic book companies that went out of business recently. Well, they went bankrupt. And if you look at their bankruptcy statements, you'll see that 95 to 99% of the money they owe is not to like comic book artists and writers. It's to television producers, uh, anything to do with anything but comics, right? It's all the other stuff. That's how you make money. So basically, how do you get big enough to be able to get enough fans for them to make your idea and you take your characters and make it into a movie? Um, and I saw an opportunity basically to do that with, with, blockchain with nfts and with web3 right to find a way to be able to make it so that people can launch comic books in a digital fashion and make them collectible the same way and then find a niche like if you if you do some weird comic that you think is amazing and you love these characters and you love the story even if only one in a thousand people in the world likes what you're doing one in a thousand people is still 8 million people. There's still a gigantic market for, for what you're doing. And, and if you're passionate about something, there's going to be 8 million people out there or more that are probably going to be passionate about that too. That's what Web3 Entertainment is. That's the promise of it, that people in around the world who love comics, they love you know manga, they love all this stuff worldwide, um, the promise of Web3 is being able to tap into that market. And so what we've been trying to do is create, over the last three years, I spent $2 million of my own money building a technology stack that allows for that to happen. So people can own the comic books, they can collect them, they can buy them, they can trade them, and do it all right within WhatsApp, right within Discord, within Signal, Telegram, right within different chat apps. And you don't even have to download an app. It's not like Veve and Marvel where you have to do everything within their closed universe. This is an open system where you can mint your own comic books onto the blockchain using nothing but WhatsApp and a credit card and sell to a global market. It's really, it's really uh, unique what we've done. And 
as part of that, we've I've created our own comic book universe, our own characters, so we can use them as a demo, so people can see all this technology and see what what you can do with it. Our comic books are done with HTML5. They're not JPEGs. Like there's a few other people doing like blockchain comics. They're just a, a series of JPEGs, right? It's not much different than the Bored Apes, except there's a row of them, right? But our pages are actually built out of hundreds of little pieces of, of, of art that are put together like a website is, which makes them interactive. They're animated. You can click on stuff to find Easter eggs. You could build a store in. You can have sound and music. There's so much that you can do with it. And so we're, we just released our first demo of this, um, which I apologize. I should have sent you one before this so you could see it and talk about it because you'd be saying, wow, this is really cool. You'd be able to show it today. You know what? You know what we can do? Back on. We can talk about it. Jeff, I don't want you to feel so bad because we do have something, a little taste, a little tease, and then we're going to start dipping into this whole universe. But check this out, folks. Little sour teas, little sour teas. My God, that looks sexy, man. The the, the, the growl on that was hot, yo. Let me tell you. Yeah, it so was, what, if, if, you're paying, if you're paying attention to the detail there, you'll notice that the comics are moving, that they're alive. We're not trying to create anime here. We're just trying to bring the comics to life a little bit. You know, the characters can breathe, they blink, the fire actually flickers. Just little tr visual tricks. They're all done with HTML5 so that the comics just are more competitive. I mean, one of the problems is that the younger generation is not interested in comics. You know, everybody, all the kids love manga, but not many are, they love anime, but they're not all getting into manga. Um, yeah. And it's going to be, there's, we need to find a way to bring in the next generation of actual collectors. So in order to do that, we, we need to make it digital, which is what the NFT technology does making things scarce and the way we've done it, the, the supply will be constantly going down through what we call forging. Um, but the other part is we wanted to bring them to, to life. We want kids who are used to being able to interact with stuff. Like even with TikTok, they're, you know, going from video to video very quickly. They're choosing what, where to go. They're interacting with it. And that interactivity is really important. A comic book takes, uh, it's something that when I was a kid, you didn't have many options. Literally, at the time I got into comic books, there was three channels on TV that you could choose from. And most of the time, there was nothing good. So there was you know, a couple hours a day where they might have some, some cartoons or something. So you didn't have many options, right? Now there's a zillion options. You can go on Minecraft and find a thousand options. You can go on Roblox and find a million options to do. So how are we going to compete with that to get the next generation of collectors in? So I wanted to make the comic books in a different way than just JPEGs, so that they were slightly moving, they would be more enticing to kids, and they could be interactive. So, for example, we're doing a kid's comic book where you, it's like a pop-up book. Remember pop-up books? They probably still make them. Um, but the idea is that, for you know, it's a what we call a bedtime comic, and 
parents can read it with their kids. It teaches them reading and it's collectible. It's scarce. And if you click on the dragon, the dragon will shoot fire or it'll flap its wings or it'll make a sound or it'll talk to you, you know, and there's all these Easter eggs that kids can find. And so it's this whole new way of doing storytelling. Um, that's for kids. So like for adults, like the one you just saw, uh, most of the collectors, they're not really interested in all this stuff moving. They're not trying to play game. They want to follow the story, right? So that's why we had this very minimal, very minimal animation. We don't want too much going on because we want it to feel like a comic book, only just more alive. And talk about this universe. I mean, look at this right here. They look pretty cool. Who's the artist? What's popping? I mean, look at them. What are they it? <laughs> all right. So this is so... As I, as I was mentioning earlier, it's extremely difficult to compete with Marvel and DC because collectors grew up with these characters. Like for people like me, you know, Superman, Batman, the X-Men, these are like family members to me. They're like, they're like yeah. pets. You put them in the same category as like a treasured pet, like the family dog. Like, like when people mess with your characters, uh -huh. if, if the story's not told right, you get really mad, <laughs> you know? And so, so, so this is like deeply important to us. So it's very difficult to break away from Marvel and DC because you don't know who these characters are. So, the, so our so our hack to get away to to compete with them was to use characters that are very famous in history from different cultures. So in our story, we have all these famous warriors from around the world. These are all based on real people that actually lived that um, that lived at one time, and they're usually known and beloved characters from within history. For example, the Nakano on the on the bottom left there you see the the female samurai. Our our character's name uh, I'm gonna make it easier for you. Boom. We can start from there. Well that, so that's breakdown. Jiang is based on a famous pirate. Um she was a Chinese pirate that lived about two hundred years ago. She was the most successful pirate in world history. She had seventy thousand sailors and oh. two hundred ships, and she defeated the 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 Chinese Imperial Navy at one point. She was finally captured by the Portuguese and given as and given to the emperor. This is a true story, I'm telling you right now. And wow. the emperor was with her, he made her an admiral in his fleet. And um, so we took her character and we made or made our own version using her her birth name. She was actually a prostitute. She started out as a prostitute and became one of the most powerful people in the world. So wow. she's a character who's known in China, but is not known outside of China. So we took this character. We made a kind of our own version. We cherry picked some of the most fun parts, but we know that everybody in China will appreciate this character. So it gives us an audience of people that want to see this character interacting with, say, with, there's a famous gladiator. If you go back to the, the last one, this uh, gladiator uh, character um, is named Flama. And he was right, if you look at that, yeah. So Flama was a famous gladiator. He was from Syria, but he competed in Rome. There he is. Oh. Yeah. And he was uh, the only gladiator that he uh, refused. He was a slave and he refused his freedom four times. He was offered by the emperor of Rome his freedom for his greatness and winning, um, which is which is tradition there. If you won in a spectacular way, they would offer you your freedom. But he refused freedom because he wanted to keep fighting. He loved he loved to be a star. Oh, man. The blood loss, huh? There's like... <laughs> get in Rome that are ancient coins that have a space on it. So he's this famous person from another famous person from history. 
all the characters are based on famous people from history. So in this way, it's a hack where we get people that people are somewhat familiar with. This is um, this is based on 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 the like most most famous uh, samurai and sword fighter in Japanese history. He's completely an icon within J within Japan. There's movies about him. There's comics about him. We base it roughly on the same character. He has the same family name, Miyamoto. Um, but we gave him a different first name, and, and he lives in slightly different time. But we took a lot of the cool stuff about him. How he was a you know he died in old age after writing a book, and the the real one wrote the book of the Five Rings, where he basically taught people how to how to fight better than ever before, and he invented the two 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 katana fighting technique that was oh, was across Japan after this, and he's you know this incredible historical figure. Well, we took our own version, and he's in the story now with the gladiator and all these other famous people. So Bonnie Oakland is based on Annie Oakland. I mean, An Annie Oakley, who is a famous uh, American person. And she was part of a circus and she never, she was never a real warrior, but she was at the time the best rifle shooter and maybe the best pistol shooter in the whole world. All she did was, you know, they would throw up coins in the air. She could shoot them out of the air from 20 paces and this kind of thing. In our story, she gets put in this situation with all these warriors, and she's never actually been in a fight before, but she's the best shot that's ever lived, basically. So um, in her actual story, she's we have a backstory for each one in her backstory. She's become a pacifist because she was, uh, as a young child, grew up with the, Com with the Comanches, uh, the Na Native American uh, tribe called the Comanches, and she witnessed some very horrible things. So she basically gave up violence. But she's put in this situation, and our story is kind of a Groundhog Day, where all these famous warriors from around from history find themselves on this beach, and they wake up. The last thing they remember is dying, and they basically then get attacked by all these monsters, and they get killed over and over and over. Every day they wake up, and they have to do the same thing over and over again, and they're trying to figure out a way out. They're trying to figure out where they are, what's going on. Some of them think they're in heaven, like Flama, because he gets to fight all Some of them think they're in heaven. They all think different things, right? And so that's part of there's this mystery that they have to to unravel. Man, you killing me every day, and that's heaven. Like, dude, are you nuts? <laughs> so Nakano, she's a she was a she was an onamusha. She was one of the last living uh, sort of samurai. They didn't call fem uh, women samurai; they called them onamusha. Um, but no. she's basically a real person who actually died in combat in the 1800s. We set her a little bit early, a little bit earlier, and her name is Nakano Taka, and we gave her a different kind of a different backstory, but she has a very similar uh, death story to to the real Nakano. There's statues of her in Japan, and she's very well known in Japan, but she's not known outside of Japan. So we're basically bringing these famous characters who are iconic in their own countries, in their own cultures, and bringing them to the world, pitting them against other characters from 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 world history. And um, we used to have, you know, this the idea kind of came from, we would used to talk about like who would, who would win in a fight, a samurai versus a Viking. You know, we would talk about these different things and, and oh, well, you know, the samurai is well-trained and, and then we say, yeah, but the, but the Vikings can, you know, fought all the, fought all the time or among all, all different types of people and they can withstand pain and they're really big, you know. So we would argue, you know, kids, we would, you know, we would talk about Superman versus the Hulk and we would talk about real characters from history, different types of warriors. 
as kids, we love to talk about this stuff. So I wanted to write a story where we actually, where this actually happened. Wait, wait, I gotta ask now. <laughs> Who win? A wedding or someone? I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. Who will win? A Viking or someone? <laughs> well, you know, I have to find out. One of the characters is going to probably going to be based on Ragnar. Everybody knows him from the, the from the Vikings TV show, and um, so okay. he's not one of the main characters right now. But we'll be bringing in more characters over, as the show develops. Also, based on what the fa- based on what the fans like. If we like, for example, we started having a lot of fans from the Philippines, so we've, we're now adding a character from the Philippines. We're adding a character from India because we had a lot of fans from India. So we're doing a lot of things like this based on trying to make the fans happy. And at the same time, it's very fun for me because I love learning about different cultures. So we're doing a lot of research, trying to find out like what weapons do they use and finding all this really cool stuff about combat and about different cultures and trying to be as authentic as we can with our small team. I'm sure we'll offend a few people because people always offended, but we're really we're doing our best to, to make it as authentic as possible uh, um, to the extent that we can because it's important to me and I love history so it's a, that's just an important part of it I think it'll be more fun for for people and hopefully you won't get too too much pushback like th- this guy Koraka he's based on a legend a legendary Maori warrior who was supposedly two times as tall as an average man what? which would make him 12 feet tall we've made him eight feet tall and he's sort of like the biggest strongest guy that's ever lived in world history and he um he finds himself among these heroes. Now he's based on a legend. He was not necessarily a real person, um, but they think that he probably was based on a real person because it wasn't when he supposedly lived. The you know the British that first went to New Zealand and talked to the Maoris, he had not do- uh, died that long before. So I think it was you know 50, 80 years before. So they think he might have been actually real. So we basically recreated. Uh, a version of him that uh, lived a little bit later, and um, he's a really he's a really great character. He's a he's a you know giant warrior, but he's also extremely wise and, and kind of a gentle giant. And that's, look at uh, these pages. Look at that. Yeah, that's Xiang. That's Xiang. So that's actually drawn by D.G. Franchin, who um, has done Marvel, Spider-Man, and X-Men before. So we've really tried to hire the very best people. We've quite a few people that have DC and Marvel credentials, and they love what we're doing. You know, it's they're becoming very interested in NFTs. Part of what we're doing, it's really the technology, right? We we want to create an entire technology universe that's part of this universe of the characters where other people can participate and in different ways. And to do that, we need to really create something that artists love, something that rewards artists. And lets them lets them do what they really want to do. We just hired an artist from Costa Rica, and she was telling me how she does really doesn't like the social media part. Like she wants to draw. She does not want to spend her time doing Twitter and Instagram and all this kind of stuff. So one of the things we want to be able to offer to different artists is a way to make streamline that, make it really easy for them, so they can focus on the storytelling and the, and the drawing and the stuff they're passionate about. Because the really good ones really good people in this industry they're nuts i mean they love what they're doing and that's all they want to do she works seven days a week she said because she just loves drawing so much she gets up in the first thing in the morning she grabs a pad and she starts drawing 
for her, she does not want to spend her time doing social media. And in today's world, a lot of the people that are winning and they're getting ahead are the people that are not actually creating stuff so much as they're really good at marketing themselves and talking all the time. Absolutely. And it's creating a very strange situation, right? Mm -hmm. So this is Xi Yang. This is um, Hillary. She lives in Spain. She's a lingerie model. She's actually Costa Rican, but she lives in Spain modeling there. And she does cosplay for us. She's Costa Rican, but the character she's playing is, is Chinese, but nobody cares. We want everybody to be involved and do whatever character they want to do. <laughs> of course. Dope cosplay, by the way. So salute. Shout out. Yeah. The cosplay part is something uh, that people are really excited about. We have our own team, and we really want to provide a lot of resources to people to be able to, to cosplay our characters. And so we're trying to figure out, find a lot of resources for them. How do you get a good costume made and all of this kind of stuff? You know, a lot of it involves, like, 3D 3D printing, so eventually we'll be creating like making it easy for people to cosplay our characters by giving them 3D stuff that they can print out at home or with people from Fiverr can print out stuff for you. And you can make stuff like the, the authentic armor or the helmet or whatever, because we'll provide the resources for that. Oh man, so how, how see folks, first off, before we move forward, check it out folks, on the screen is everywhere you can follow them. And this is why I mean you're showing the Lightning Works 7, because homie, the smart enough to lock it down. So on every social platform, just look for Lightning Works 7. The link's also below, so click away. Make sure you support this awesome creative project here. This is the wave of the future, folks. I mean, you got to go with it. You got to grow with it. You, you know, stop, stop fighting it. Stop, you know. Everybody hails digital comics to be the doom of comics. Yeah, now that everybody loves digital comics. So you see how it goes, folks. Just take it easy. Yeah, I really, I really, take it easy. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. You know, this, the problem is, is that, you know, a lot of people have seen all this board apes and all this NFT stuff, and they don't trust it for good reason. You know, just remember that NFTs are technology, they're used for real estate, they're used for all kinds of stuff. Board apes and all that stuff is not NFTs. They're just using a technology. Comic books are a really good use case for this technology because we can make them actually collectible. And, you know, we can print, we can basically print, it's called minting, a certain number of them. That's all there will ever be in that collection. And so they're scarce, just like regular comic books. The way we're doing it is if you collect, we have different tiers, like common, uncommon, up to legendary or divine. More scarce. As the NFC pro, when you say minting, you know, so how protected is minting, you know? Well, to, so it's not, proof of, you know, that's real first print, you know, if you will. Well, the way the way that blockchain works is basically we launch a smart contract. It's called a smart contract because nobody can manipulate this contract, right? Once if we say there's only going to be a thousand that are going to be minted, that's all that can be minted, and okay. anybody that goes and pays some money can mint a comic when it hits a thousand that's it it's done that if somebody wants to create more they'd have to create another contact and everybody would know that it was a second printing so imagine like you're doing comic books you know they could go and print avengers number one again but everybody would know it wasn't authentic because there's going to be differences it's the same thing with blockchain that's what blockchain does so if we say there's only going to be a thousand or whatever that whatever the the, the smart contract is cut off that's all there's going to be. 
there's different tiers. So there's common through through uncommon, rare, legendary. Each one is more scarce. There may be like a thousand commons, three hundred uncommon, a hundred rare, and it goes up like that. So when you when you, it's kind of like getting baseball cards or something, where you when you buy the com the comic when you mint it, you don't know what it is. You basically get it unrevealed. Then you reveal what it is, and you get to see whether it's a, a rare one or a less rare one. So collectors like this kind of thing. What we what we've done is introduce something called forging, where if you have say three commons you can basically convert them into one of something higher, a higher tier, like an uncommon through a legendary. What, so what that does is that it, it's reducing the supply. So we may start with a thousand, but through forging, the supply is going to go down and down and down and down and down and down like regular comics. Cause you know, Marvel may print 20,000 of a comic book, but over time they get lost. The dog eats it. People spill water on it. This, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a scarcity. And um, and so that's that that creates real value. That can't be done without NFTs. You like nobody trusts Marvel or DC or somebody to keep your comic books in a database, and they get to tell you what you own. Because you could, there could be a blip in the system, and it just disappears. Your comics could disappear, or they decide that they don't like you, or something like this. With blockchain, anybody can participate. It's completely uncensorable. And once these things are made, there no one can t take your ownership away from you because you don't have to ask a central authority such as Marvel or DC or Coinbase or anybody for permission to own or read because everything's based on decentralized uh, applications. This is what Web3 is. The data is stored in something called IPFS, which is uh, which is nodes. People at their computers at home are running IPFS nodes. People in universities all over the world, people are storing all this data for free for everybody else. So people can store stuff there and you don't have to go to Amazon or Microsoft or anybody to ask for your data where they could just cut you off. The there's no it's all, it's all done in such a way that it's unhackable and nobody can censor it. And people like that. People like it that they actually get to own stuff like like when you own a comic book, you own it. You're holding it in your hands. It's in yes. your house, right? So NFTs and IPFS and this stuff makes it so that's digital. And that's what's so cool about it. That's why it really is the wave of the future. But people right now, a lot of people are very skeptical about NFTs and about sort of digital technology. What we're trying to do is make our comic books digital, but feel like real comic books and, and have all the same characteristics so that we can migrate all these collectors over we don't expect people to give up paper comics, but hopefully people will do both. It'll be something new and fun. And you'll be able to pre present these beautiful comic book covers on your wall, like life size, you know, on a digital I, monitor. And they're going to be, they're going to be incredible art for your house as well. I absolutely appreciate the collectivity part of it, because again, like you said, every comic book has a print one. So why not? A, a comic in this format have a digital print run that you know and then gives it its value because that's why these comics have its value one nowadays because it has a run they, they didn't go on limits limitedly like like you know a comic size you can always pick up that book no matter what that's a limitless pdf yeah, yeah. So, so one of the things we may do find it really hard to get the the hardcore collectors in like they just won't 
do digital, right? Well, we want them. I mean, these are my people, right? The same, all, the, all these hardcore collectors that are that are like, they're, we're all the same age. You know, we grew up with the 80s and 90s Marvel and DC that made us fall in love with comic books. And if I can't get them in, what we will do is end up printing them. You'll buy a printed one, and it'll come with a QR code that'll be unique to that comic book. You can scan that QR code, and then you can get the digital version. Some people call this digital, where it's physical and digital at the same time. So that way, maybe we can get them in. They'll get both their print version and and their digital version. If they don't want the digital one, they don't have to have it. That's fine. It just creates more scarcity in the digital realm. Eventually, people will come around. You know, it it remains to be seen how many younger people, whether you can really get the younger audiences collecting comic books. So one of the reasons ways we're doing that is trying to connect our comic books directly with our video game. Like if you own these comic books, you can go into our metaverse in our game. You can do special things like our comic books have an Easter egg in them where if you find it and click it in just the right place, it will drop a weapon into your wallet that you can use in our video game. And so it gives people a real reason to want to have these comic books. And if you still own that comic book and you own that weapon, well, you can sell the weapon on the, on one of these global markets. But if you own both together, then it might, then the weapon maybe gets a plus one too. So so we create these use cases wait, for wait. Me. I just thought about <laughs> this. The, the metaverse promotes weapon sales. <laughs> Illegal weapons. Yo, I got this gat right here from this comic. Yo, uh, this is crazy. I love it. Yo, this sounds like so much fun. Yeah. How, how in the world did you even Figure out this plan in your mind. You're a genius, bro. Well, I've been doing. I've been working on it since 2017. Like I said, I've spent. I've been saying 2.2 million dollars for like a year. So probably it's probably up to 2.5, 2.6 million dollars by now that I've been spending of my own money building all of this, making a lot of mistakes. You know, we, we finally. I mean, I've been working on it since 2017. I haven't really spent a lot of like full time on it for the other than the last two years, most of that money was spent in the last two years, but um, there's a lot going into it. It wasn't, it's not like these other NFT projects that are just, you know, done in a month, you know, and then they try to sell this stuff. This is something that's my life's work. You know, I come from a family of, you know, I was raised on sitting around the table and my mom, my mom is, is a Pulitzer nominated poet. She loves writing. She loves stories. She was a great storyteller. And she would always impress upon me the importance of storytelling in in culture, in the world, and in families. You know, and, and my family is full. I, I know hundreds of cool stories about pirate treasures and jaguars and snark, shake, uh, shark attacks, all this crazy stuff from my family from going back generations that we passed down in the family. And, and, and I've been told that my ancestors were phenomenally good storytellers, that they would have the whole room or the whole dinner table spellbound you know they used to have they used to have you know families of 10 people right that was like normal family size but and storytelling is very important they didn't even have tv back then so storytelling was incredibly important it's still incredibly important but not many people really are doing it they don't understand that they're they're getting their storytelling to other people especially big corporations telling them what to what to what to read and what to watch and so what we're trying to do is create a technology stack that allows anybody in the world to become a storyteller because everybody I talk to has some great story idea. I meet people all the time just at a, at a bar. I'll talk to a bartender about like what I'm doing and they're, and I, they're like, oh, you make comics? Oh, that's really cool. Well, I have this cool idea for this hero. 
And then you see their eyes like in their face and they get become spellbound. They're so excited about this character that they've been dreaming up. But, but to them, it's out of reach to actually make, to bring this character idea to the world. Like it never, it never occurred to them that they could do anything with this, but they, they're fascinated with it. And so when I tell them, I say, look, we're building a platform where we're going to make it really easy for you to take your idea and you're going to be able to hire a writer. You're going to be able to hire an artist and, and make a team very easily of people around the world. You can make a comic book with your story and you can sell it on a global market really easily with all these tools, right? And people just love the idea. I personally believe that there's going to be a million people making comic books in 10 years um, in different forms. There'll be one pagers. There'll be, there'll be graphic novels, people that do it full time. There's things like webtoons where you're doing it day by day. There's so many new formats that are coming up. And we're trying to build the technology to make it so thousands or millions of people can tell stories and find the niche of fans that that think that what they think is cool is great. And I know this is going to work because I, I have a 17-year-old daughter and she told me this is like what kids want. Like kids love all these stories, but they want to create and they want to connect with people all around the world that love what they love. And that's just, that's what the, and that's what the metaverse is going to, is supposed to be. It's the metaverse is supposed to be this alternate world where you can go in and find your tribe of people that um, love what you love. And you can interact with them in this virtual world, no matter what country they live in. And um, I, I have a lot of experience in metaverse because I'm also the founder of virtualrealitytimes.com. It's one of the top meta, metaverse and VR uh, news sites for the last nine years. So I have, we have more than 2000 articles on Metaverse. So um, that's something I'm very interested in and we're gonna be connecting our stories and our characters and all of this um, with uh, different Metaverses, especially one called Otherverse with a U, which will, I think will be the, the big big bad boy on the block that's going to beat Facebook's Meta. It's so much better what they have than what Facebook has done. So everybody should pay attention to Otherverse. Hey, you hear this folks? I mean, he's giving you the tips this, this is, is cool. too right? i've never heard of it but it's going to be gigantic otherverse with a u otherverse.io um uh, they're going to drop they're going to drop a bomb on the whole motherverse or the whole uh metaverse <laughs> right now it's incredible it's gonna make it the motherverse they're gonna make it the motherverse this was popular. yeah exactly. that's actually a good word for it motherverse <laughs> motherverse baby take go you gotta hashtag that jeff real quick and own it that's awesome i love it Mother Jeff, mother. Yeah, yeah. Guess, brother, I, I love what you're building here. Again, you, you hear folks that whole mix of fandom, collectability, technology, comics, universe. I mean, what more can you ask for? Why would you hesitate? Embrace, <laughs> baby, it's time. Don't so, sleep. This is the future, folks. Please stop sleeping. Yo. I'd like to be able to tell you one more thing because I think this is really cool and I think you'll appreciate it. One of the biggest problems and the reason that digital is not catching on is because most people are really passionate about their local comic book store. They like to go there. They like to, they like to, to connect with this, with the nerds that work in there that have set this up, that have people like you and me that have made this our life. We're so passionate about it. And how does, how does that fit into the digital world? Both Marvel and DC are talking about cutting off, printing because they don't make money and they don't care about the collectors. They only care about movies and merchandise and they don't need comic books to do movies and merchandise. 
Um, so how do you go digital if if how are you going to get it so these so the comic book stores can stay in business? So what we've developed is something we call the Lightning Works Portal. Right now, there's about I think there's about thousand of them, seven hundred. No, maybe there's seven hundred and seventy-seven. I forget one thousand twenty-seven. There's around a thousand of them. If you own one of these, you're going to be able to become a distributor of all of our digital comic books in the future. So two-thirds, approximately, of our supply of our comic books will get distributed through the portal owners, who basically get them at half price and can either choose to mint them and keep them, or they can sell them. They can they can sign up their own subscribers. Like if you like you know how comic book stores work, right? The yeah. so the idea is we we started these portals. Um, we sold them for $100. They're now costing about $640, I think, is the cheapest one. So they've gone up in six times in price. But the idea is if you own one of these, you're going to have the right to run a digital comic book store. And so, like, if you're a comic book store owner, you'll be able to set up a, a, a screen okay. on your on the wall or on the or floor stand on your comic book store. And your, and your people, your clients will be able to come up and touch it, click it and buy their digital comic books in your store, and then you'll get 50% of whatever they buy, just like doing digital, just like doing print. So we've really solved an incredibly important problem in the in the comic book world that um, will make it so that I hope we have a thousand comic book stores around the world distributing for us and getting excited about what we're doing because they can participate in this. But it's even better than that because if they sign up people who buy, the first time they buy from them, they become their cu customer for life. So even if they try to go around them and buy direct from us, they're basically tagged as one of their customers. So they're going to get, they're going to get, um, well on whatever gonna, they get. They're, yeah, they're going to continue to get paid. They're going to get royalties. And um, so this is the way we bring the comic book stores into the digital world, allowing them to participate. Um, rather than doing what Marvel and DC do. I mean, people just don't trust any of these big companies. It doesn't matter whether it's pharmaceuticals, the military industrial complex, or comic books. <laughs> All of these things are owned by the same psychopaths that don't care about people, right? The, the psychopaths run to the, get to the top of every power pyramid-shaped power, power structure, and they basically run the world. What, what blockchain and decentralization does is it puts that and distributes it out into thousands of nodes. So what we're looking at doing is basically creating like living nodes of comic book stores around the world that want to distribute comics digitally and providing the technology for other people to do the same thing. And I've been tr screaming my head off trying to get comic book stores to like pay attention. We sent, you're like the first person that's like, that's, that's doing like an interview. We, we reached out to like, I think 103, 107 of the top, the top comic book influencers, none of them wanted to like do an interview. They, they don't even... Embrace this. What is wrong with them? You are sleeping. If, if, see, well, I'll mega understand this. This is what it is. I don't know. There's not many people. You're a visionary, right? And so you understand, you understand this. You like to do things first. You know, one of the, I, I, you know, I, I know Dan Didio. He's the, you know, the former head of DC comics. He loves what we're doing. Um, and he I'm, would be involved. <laughs> He's doing a whole project with Frank Miller, like a top secret thing. So um, otherwise he had said he'd be a, a, an advisor to the project. He loves it. He's visionary. He gets it. And there are, there are people in the space. 
And it's just going to take time for people to discover it. But a lot of times people just say, oh, it's NFTs. I don't want anything to do with that. That's bored apes. Or they're just not interested. Most of the influencers, like you're different. Most of the influencers, all they want to talk about is how horrible Marvel and DC are. They should see, They should be spending at least half their time talking about what's good out there, you know, and helping okay. all the small creators succeed. Who, who, care, yeah, who cares about what Marvel DC is doing? It's worry about what the good guys are doing on the independent universe, bringing us the content we want to see. Because, again, uh, 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 my logic is that, again, if people want to see what they want, then step away from Marvel DC, and the independent universe is full of everything you want, whether it's superhero story, you know, or whatever theme you're on, they have it. Yeah. Done. I mean, I think part and of it, is, you know, it's a, it's a big investment to of time to like read enough about a character. You need to read like 10 issues or more to really fall in love and understand the lore and all this. That's a big investment of time. And then a lot of these small companies go out of business or they or the creators get bored. That's why people love manga. These things go forever, <laughs> and they're never going away, and they never sell that Creative character. Up until really, right? <laughs> so, Almost. So, so the promise I'm making to our our readers, to our fans, is I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to live to be. I'm 54. I'm going to live to be at least 100. <laughs> so you're going to have 46 <laughs> years of these characters, and the, the universe is growing. That if you invest the time with us um, to fall in love with these characters, we're not going to rug pull you and just move on to the next thing to make them to make money because for me it's not about making money i i have businesses that make money i i own a, a very successful yoga center where i make you know twenty thousand dollars a month more than i need to live and that's how i fund this i have wow. other investors too. i have a real estate company this is a passion project it's what i want to do with my life and i'm going to make sure that everything is the best quality and that the fans are getting what they want and what they deserve because it's what I want to do. And you can tell probably from my passion at this that I really will do this. You know, I've been doing it for a I feel it. Yeah, I mean, if you come to our website and see all the stuff we're doing, you're going to see 3D models. You're going to see working video games. You're going to see whole teams of cosplay, cosplay girls. You're going to see so many different characters and cool stuff that we're, that we're doing. And, it's, it's, and we have so much stuff you haven't even seen yet that's coming that's really cool that, uh, that we're doing. So before we go, are you going to be doing any conventions? Are you touring at any point in time where we could see you and, and, and talk in person and shake your hand and, and get into and pick your brain? Yeah, we, you know, we actually did New York Comic Con two years ago. We were the first mm -hmm. NFT company to ever do New York Comic Con, even before Marvel and DC. And they love, you know, I'll tell you what happened. We went there. This is the middle of COVID. They came to us on the first day and they said, we love you. We're going to put you front and center when you come back next year. The next day, they came and they kicked us out. <laughs> they threw <laughs> us out, made us take down the booth and threw us out of New York Comic Con. And, and the reason is because is they said we weren't wearing our COVID masks. And um, I was there. my partner was there. Our team was there. We had a whole team. I flew from Costa Rica. And we we're like, what are you talking about? Like, there's... There's uh, nobody's wearing masks here. <laughs> like, no one, yeah. you know, and they would only wear them when the staff were around, but everybody would just take them off. And they said, "Well, yeah, we know, but this this woman made a huge stink on social media, and she blamed, and she said you guys are going to infect the whole place, and you're killing people, and she singled you out. So, we, so we're sorry, but we're going to have to make an example of you." 
Nah. So, so they kicked us out. They kicked us out on Friday. And of course, Saturday and Sunday are the big days, right? Cost me $25,000. My partner who had the booth with us lost like $50,000. We were so mad. Um, So I don't know if we'll go back. I think we probably will. But we're doing a Costa Rica Comic Con um, in, in a couple of months. And they have, it's pretty big. There's 18,000 people that come to it in a small country. People are crazy about comics in, in, in uh, Costa Rica. Everywhere you go, there's people wearing like Spider-Man, Green Lantern, every kind of obscure thing. They just love it here. And so Costa Rica is huge for this stuff. And so we're going to be there. Um, we're also going to be doing, if, uh, people should sign up. We're going to be giving away free comic books of our next comic to everybody comes and asks for one, a free digital comic book. So if you want, maybe once that's ready, I can come back on or, or give you something. Yes, so yes. Come tell everybody back. about it. But we just, we want people to experience it. We pe- want people to see what we're talking about because it's not like anything you've ever seen before. It's really quite cool. And it's the, like you said, it's, we believe it's the future of web three entertainment and the comic books. I mean, I don't think it's replacing paper comic books. There's nothing like holding paper comics. People oh, love no. it. It's, it's an alternative. It's, but it's like digital comics with an incentive. Yeah. Oh, it will be bigger. It'll be a lot bigger than paper comics. Future. Um, yeah. which, for, which for paper comic collectors will be fine. They don't care. They just want to make sure that they don't go away permanently. You know, and um, And maybe we'll be able to do both at the same time. So... Anyway, thank you so much for having me on. I don't know if anybody has any questions. You want me to add, answer some no, questions? No, 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 no one is missing any questions because they, they just love what you're hearing. A lot of them, again, are NFT fans. A lot of them are comic book fans. But I definitely want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for being a pioneer as a comic book fan to a creator. Thank you. And a technology fan. Like, thank you for doing that mix, you know, and being brave and bold enough to put that vision out there and sharing it with the world. I know it's going to be a hit. It just takes time because that's what, you know, it's again, MP3s took time, right? And all that good stuff. And everything takes time. But but once it hits, it's going to hit like a mother. And I think that the way you're thinking about it, way different than anyone I've spoken to before. So I'm digging it, brother. You are, in fact, a real visionary. So blessed on this journey. I can't wait to see where you go. You are always welcome back to talk more about the greatness of what you're doing. And, folks, I've been sharing this throughout. But please follow Homie everywhere. He locked it down. Lightning Works 7. That's the number 7, all right? Lightning Works 7 all over the socials. And, of course, please visit the website that he's talking about. I mean, you can check out everything that's popping off at lightningworks.io. You heard? Represent. Show love to Indy, Digi, Tech. This is the future. Thank you, Jeff, so much. Appreciate your time. Shout out to Leslie, too, for putting this together uh, and, and hooking it up. Uh, much love. And everybody else that's been tuning in and see, what, what, what's that right there? Let's go. Millennium Sound from Dennis. <laughs> Let's make it happen, baby. Woo. All right. Thanks, uh, Jeff. You rock. Everybody, you know what it is. Check out everything Comic Crusaders, Undercover Capes. You know, check out my other podcast, the Amp, the Almega Podcast, where I talk to you know other entrepreneurs as well. It's all goodness, but it's the greatness. You know what it is. I start up with my mente. Later. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. 
Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 